Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. This week's episode is virtually assured to be one of the best ones yet, as we talk in-depth about virtual care and the strategic reasons why Michigan Medicine is making it a priority. Before we get into that, be sure to go back and get caught up on any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes debut each week and can always be found as part of the headlines we can review. All right, let's now take a virtual dive into virtual care, a program allowing the remote delivery of healthcare services and clinical information using technologies such as telephones, computers, email, webcams, and mobile devices. To discuss the topic, we're joined by Dr. Larry Ahn, Medical Director of the Virtual Care Program, and Dr. Michael Mulholland, Surgeon and Executive Director of the U of M Medical Group. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, can you explain first a little bit more in depth about what virtual care is and how it's carried out? So obviously we know that there have been a lot of changes in the way in which people find and use information and the way we interact with each other, right? Mm -hmm. So that's changed dramatically over the the past years. And what we want to do is to make those new ways that people interact with each other possible as part of healthcare, right? So we're talking about use of those telecommunications technologies so that people can interact um, and even have live face-to-face conversations without having to drive and travel and park Um, and wait to see their physician. Mm -hmm. And in our program, we think about the services falling in a couple different categories. You you can think about using these communication tools to help with communication between one healthcare provider and another healthcare provider, and you can think of using these tools to help with communication between healthcare providers and their patients. Okay. And then you can also think about the communication as happening in real time, or you can uh, think of the communication as happening um, where the information might be transmitted, stored, reviewed at a later date, and then an answer or, or replies given what we call store and forward, right? Okay, so yep. in terms of those broad categories, let's think about provider-to-provider communication that happens in real time. Probably one of the premier programs that we're part of right now is our telestroke program. And this is a, condition, uh, a program where we have a team of neurointensivists led by Dr. Molly McDermott. And what these uh, clinicians, our specialists, are doing is providing real-time emergent consultations to emergency rooms across the state of Michigan when a patient arrives there with a potential stroke, right? So they're able to help evaluate the patient, help the emergency room physicians at those sites decide whether or not the patient is actually having a stroke, um, review the medical records, and then give some recommendations about the immediate therapy for those patients. And that's anywhere around the state, right? Not they, they would obviously don't have to be here in Ann Arbor, the patients. So they don't have to be here in Ann Arbor. It's not with every emergency department across mm-hmm. the state right now, though, though Dr. McDermott and that group has broad plans. It's really, really focused right now with our um, affiliate partners around uh, mid-Michigan and metro. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's an example of real-time communication between providers, right? Another example of provider-provider communication, but it's not happening in real time, is something called the e-consult program. This also has been tremendously successful here at Michigan Medicine. It's a way for a, a primary care doctor like myself. I'm seeing a patient. I have a question for a specialist. I can actually send that question, a structured question, to a specialist, 
and get a reply without my patient needing to go see that specialist, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is available across many of the internal medicine um, and uh, subspecialty areas and increasingly across the pediatric areas as well. So those are some examples of us supporting communication between providers. In terms of provider-to-patient communication, um, if it's happening in real time, uh, we have the ability to do what's called a video visit. So this is a way for through um, MyChart, mm -hmm. uh, the patient through their portal and the provider through MyChart are able to connect and have a, a real-time video conversation about a healthcare issue or topic. And it's all secure and all built into the existing systems and workflows here at Michigan Medicine. Right. And then finally, in terms of provider-to-patient communication, but happening in the store-and-forward format, there's something called an e-visit, where our primary care patients are able to um, go into the patient portal, identify a specific, usually common primary care complaint, such as cough, uh, flu-like symptoms, sinus symptoms, urinary tract symptoms, are able to answer the structured questionnaire, and then we have a team that's staffing that and able to get back to the patient, usually within a few hours, uh, with a treatment plan. So that's just a, an example mm -hmm. of sort of uh, the type of virtual care services we're currently offering uh, and a way to think about the delivery of virtual care services. That, that's outstanding. Now, why is it so strategically important that Michigan Medicine adopts virtual care? Well, I think a good reason for this is we want to meet the patients where they live. We want to take care of them both in the time that's convenient for them and in a place that's convenient for them, be able to extend our reach beyond an hour and make their lives easier all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Ahn, one of the things you mentioned in the headline story is that the long-term vision is for Michigan Medicine to adopt, quote, a virtual first model. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so um, just to also build on the, the answer that Dr. Mahalan just gave, I think the goal of doing these programs is really to provide uh, more patient-centered, better care, um, which is the fundamental goal of everything we do here at right. Michigan Medicine, right? In terms of the virtual first model, it's entirely consistent with that overarching goal to provide better patient-centered care. What In this day and age, there's many different things that we can do and ways that we can interact uh, with our patients. We want our patients thinking about and we want our providers thinking about um, instead of having to get in a car, drive, park, wait, and then reverse that process to get home, mm -hmm. is there a way that we can start to provide services for our patients um, through a virtual channel. Right? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Mulholland, I'll, I'll direct this question to you because I know you mentioned in the story you carry out virtual care visits with some of your patients. What have you found to be the benefits of virtual care for yourself, and how have patients responded to the new technology? So um, I'm an operative surgeon, and here's how it works for a patient. They come to see me preoperatively. We decide they need an operation. We agree to do an operation, and I offer them before the surgery, the ability to see me postoperatively through a video visit. I explain what that is. They almost all say, yes, they mm -hmm. love the idea. I say, we're going to do this for our cell phones. They pull out their cell phone, and in the clinic, we load on the app that lets that happen. Okay. We instruct them on what to expect. We give them uh, a number to call if anything uh, comes up. They have any questions. They have their operation. They go home. About two weeks later, we have a scheduled time. They can either see me at 10 o'clock in the morning or at 7 o'clock at night. It's up to them. And when the video visit happens, we both dial in. Their face is on the top. My face is on the <laughs> bottom. I ask them some questions. How are you feeling? 
Are you in any pain? Do you have any problems with your wounds? Mm -hmm. You know, do you have any questions about what happened during the operation? And uh, 80% of them follow up that way. They absolutely love it because they don't have to get into a car. They don't have to drive. They don't have to park. They don't have to spend a day doing that. Right. I've seen patients in Ann Arbor and in Iron Mountain. Iron Mountain is in the westernmost upper peninsula, about 500 miles from us here. Wow. So they, they, they love this way of communicating. And it saves them, on average, about 90 miles of driving both ways. Yeah. About an hour waiting for me for a 15-minute visit to say you're doing okay. Yeah. And uh, it's an it's absolutely outstanding program. It's sort of a, a quality of life issue, right? Like you're, you're saving them five hours for a 15-minute m- meeting with them. The most common place that I meet them is in their kitchen. <laughs> the second most common place is in their place of business. They're already back oh, to work. that makes sense. And the most uncommon place so far is in a tree. <laughs> I looked at the patient. I said, it looks to me like you're in a tree, sir. He said, yes. I'm in my deer stand. <laughs> it's in the so, fall. And I said to him, you must be doing okay. I was going to say. Just must- be careful <laughs> that you don't fall out of your deer stand. Yeah. And if you can meet a, a post-op patient in a tree waiting to hunt a deer, you know that you're meeting the patient where he wants to be met. Yes, and that you did your job well. <laughs> uh, one of the key things to note is that virtual care does not mean that patients are getting a lower level of care. Can you both sort of elaborate on that? Absolutely. And and just to chime in, Dr. Mulholland mentioned the convenience of travel for patients. We just did a quick overview across the whole program, and we're estimating we've probably, just in the past few years, saved our patients about half a million miles of driving. Wow. Right? Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the level of care that we provide for virtual care services, obviously you can't provide every care, every form of care through a virtual connection, right? right. So Dr. Mulholland is still uh, seeing his patient, and they're there in front of him when he's doing the operation, right? Um, but really what we want to think about, what is the right care at the right time delivered the right way? And if you think about what are all the different things that happen or potentially need to happen when you have a patient and a healthcare professional seeing each other, seeing in air quotes, right, if that's right. okay, yeah. right? So uh, sometimes uh, the provider actually needs to do a procedure. Well, the patient really has to be there for that procedure, right? Sometimes you need to do a detailed physical exam. Well, the patient needs to be there for that. Sometimes you need to just look at the patient. It's not clear they need to be there for that. Sometimes you just need to talk to the patient, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a virtual care option there. Sometimes you just need information from the patient and the the ability to have an exchange of information. They don't need to come in to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really thinking about in a more... um, critical fashion, what are the needs of a visit, and what are the ways that we can meet the needs of the visit? And if and we feel that there are many ways we can meet many of the needs of our patients through virtual options. What are you both most looking forward to in relation to virtual care as we look ahead to the, you know, the months and years ahead at Michigan Medicine? I'm looking forward uh, to extending this through all kinds of interactions with the patients. And I'm also looking for the ability to put them in charge of their own care to a much greater extent, to be able to schedule visits at times it's convenient for them, Mm -hmm. to be able to access the information on their own, to understand it in a much more meaningful way than they do now, and to become, to a much greater extent, a participant in their care and an active participant in their care. And I really just want to second that because we know that 
um, for all the, the great care we provide at Michigan Medicine, patients rightly spend a majority of their lives uh, in their own homes, mm-hmm. right? So how can we deliver our care to them into their homes in a way that healthcare becomes more of an ongoing longitudinal process rather than sort of an episodic process built around really this, it's almost a, a medieval uh, phenomenon of the physician visit, right? So we right. really want to modernize or transform the entire way in which healthcare is delivered. And we think that's going to have tremendous benefit for our patients, for the families of our patients, um, and for the healthcare system. Well, that's, that's outstanding. Thank you both so much for sharing this insight into the future of healthcare. If you want to learn more about the virtual care program at Michigan Medicine, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. And while you're there, you can learn about the employee flu vaccination program, which offers free vaccines to all faculty and staff at OHS flu clinics or from clinical flu liaisons. Be sure to become a Michigan Medicine flooper hero and get your shot as soon as possible. Also, stay tuned to headlines later this week as you'll get a unique glance at a typical day for Anna, one of Michigan Medicine's facility dogs. You'll find that story and so much more at mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the employee perk of the week. If you're in the market for a good workout and a great place to learn self-defense, then we have the deal for you. Ann Arbor Martial Arts offers all Michigan Medicine employees 10% off a membership to the school. Even better, an immediate family member can then get 30% off, while a third family member can receive 50% off a membership. For more information, visit the school's website at a2martialarts.com. That's a2martialarts.com. And for more exclusive perks just like that one, go to mmheadlines.org and search Employee Perks. Finally, it's time for trivia. Last week, we asked listeners, which type of social media account are employees encouraged to create? The answer is personal professional accounts. Congratulations to compliance auditor Michelle English, who sent in the correct answer. Michelle, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. Now for this week's question, here's Dr. On. Thanks, Dan. This week's question is... By 2026, the virtual care program seeks for what percentage of patient visits to have a virtual component? Once again, by 2026, the virtual care program seeks for what percentage of patient visits to have a virtual care component? You can find the answer in this week's headline story, and once you know it, send it to headlines, H-E-A-D-L-I-N-E-S, at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a great prize. And everyone who sends in the correct answer will automatically be entered into a raffle to win an Amazon Echo. Thank you, Dr. On. This is the final week to qualify for the latest Amazon Echo drawing, so be sure to send in your responses today. Also, be sure to tune in next week for a very special one-year anniversary episode of The Wrap. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what goes into making this podcast possible, and you'll take a look back at some of the best moments from the show's first year. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Dr. An and Dr. Mulholland for being here, and thank you to all of our listeners for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. And And that's that's a wrap. wrap.